and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 21st game against the Edmonton Oilers, and we got another late one. So, Jesse, what did you think of the game? Um, you know, ignoring the the outcome for a second, another well-played 55 minutes of hockey. Like, yeah. the Habs have a serious problem. I got really worried at the end. With, yeah, and they have, they have a serious problem with just staying consistent the whole way through. I mean, look, this time we came out with the win. I mean, we'll we'll just go over very briefly here. We had in the first period, goal from Lekkinen. Really, you know, like a, again, even the announcer said it: a goal scorer's goal from Kotkaniemi I mean, and Petrie. Um, Lekkinen's got to shoot the puck more. The guy knows how to find the net. You know, they even mentioned his 18 goal rookie season. I'm not expecting you know 20 plus goals from him every year, but he's he's got that ability. If yeah, he were to he shoot has, more, he has the ceiling there. Um, it's one of those things where. You know, we got to do, we got to put him in that position sooner rather than later because the longer we kind of keep him on this new trajectory, uh, you know, the longer it, it, he's, he's going to struggle. Also, I don't know if long term the fourth line is, is where he should be. Like, definitely bottom six. I assume as a third line left winger. Yeah. Exactly. And in just, that role that he just owns it. He needs to shoot, though. Because the thing is, is like he, he gets so few shots off that. Yeah. You know, if you gave anyone else that amount of shooting on our team, the result would be the the same. Well, that's it. And you get duds because he hesitates, and then he just dumps it right into the into the crest of the goalie. Whereas if he actually has you know three four two three four shots a game instead of his one, then you know you actually give him the opportunity to, to actually show his shot percentage. Well, well, that's it. And people forget that he was drafted as a sniper. Yeah. Like the, that's the ironic part is like that goes to show you how you know your pre and post draft. Let's say. Uh, role on your team probably changes. I mean, again, most of these guys coming into the NHL, if not all, were the top player on whatever yeah. team they were coming him, from. Him in a third-line role in a team that actually runs four lines would be very good. Well, that's what I was going to say, is down the line, where Philip Deneau is your third-line center, yeah. Lekkanen, Deneau, and some kind of, like, you know, power forward yeah. kind of playmate or playmaking, just a bigger winger. Yeah. That's a great third I, line. I, a little bit of a different style, but he can really take the role of Thomas Tatar. I yes. Think. You know, like, and if he it's really just works grit. on his game, uh, you know, his grit is there. It's it's matched, if not a, well, it's actually probably above Tatar's grit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his defensive ability is better than Tatar's. His He has a very good shot. Um, all that he's missing is like that consistent lineup. And uh, a little bit more faith. Because I, I can tell, I don't know if you can tell either, but I can tell he has a bit of like a identity crisis, almost like he's got a confidence issue. Absolutely. Where he's he, on he thinks all five. that he's good for is defense. Well, that's the thing. And he's also been always used as basically the 12th or 13th forward. It's either you'll play on the top line on right wing when we need you. You'll play on the bottom line on the left wing when we need you. They sat him out a couple games, like penalty kill. Uh, you know, it just they they kind of just throw him where they need. He he's good at that, but it's like you also have to kind of give him his role. He should be doing all those things on top of being, yeah. You know, especially the, our team. I would say our weakest forward grouping would be our left wing, mm-hmm. and that's someone who, yeah, I think he uh, he could benefit from a few more minutes down the line because as it stands right now, I don't think it benefits him to be on the third line playing with let's say like. Kotkaniemi, yeah. right? But anyway, I think uh, you know going forward. Although Kotkaniemi got the assist on his yeah. goal, I so. think I I think going forward he's gonna get the opportunity now that Druin's kind of being pushed down. Yes, I was happy uh, to see. I that. hope he see. I hope he takes advantage of the opportunity. But the thing with Lekkinen is though is that this guy never has a bad game. Like he, in terms of effort and like his, he's literally the anti-Druin. 
Yeah. Like he's he's very 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 consistent like, with his yeah, effort. They're very you know opposite ends of the spectrum. Those yeah. two. So but, hopefully he gets a shot to move up because with uh, and I think you know the time is is basically now because with the cap situation we can't really move players in and out. Yeah. And uh, so we can't really call guys in. So if Druin's being pushed down, someone has to move up the left side. Well, that's it, right? And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to see him get on the board. But I also just, you know, you always notice him. Um, then, you know, second period, we get a goal from Josh Anderson. I think it was something like 11 seconds after Connor McDavid scored. So it was good to see the Habs kind of bounce back. That was another assist for Petrie and one from Tatar. So, I mean, that's why you got Josh Anderson in there, right? It's, you know, McDavid goes out, scores a goal. Literally, you put Anderson on the ice, he gets the puck, just barrels his way in and scores. Yeah, that's exactly what we need him that's, for. That's exactly what you want. And you also, like, it just, it's good not on, only on the scoreboard, but the team as a whole. I mean, this whole game, I think we could say, probably was the most physical and high-paced game we'd seen, yeah. if not all season, but definitely in a long time. And I think it actually confirms what you were saying about how we kind of play up to our competition. Edmonton, and I, I want to get into Connor McDavid after we kind of go through the scoreboard here, but Edmonton kind of, you know, started pressing in on our wounds a little, and I think it ignited the team a little bit. Yep. Um, after, you know, the second period ends, we had the third period, an actual uh, power play goal. So that's been a while. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, we were kind of gifted that one. Yeah. Uh, really bad play. I think it was... It was a, I think it was Chris Russell. I yeah, could be wrong, but it just a horrible play from one of the Edmonton players. Just a put lot, it yeah, right to Toffoli. A lot like what we did the game prior. Exactly, yeah. and Toffoli's someone with his twenty second goal. He's not missing that. Yeah. Just buried it. A um, couple minutes later, Anderson would get his second goal. That's an assist from Romanov and Tatar. So Petrie, Tatar, and Anderson all having multi point nights. Um, and then yeah, you know we're. You know, five minutes left in the game. We're up four to one. You're kind of getting comfortable, and I think that's exactly what they did. Because you wanna, yeah, yeah. And we got a, yeah, we got Ryan Nugent Hopkins with 17:48 into the period. Okay, so like we're talking last three minutes, two minutes, twelve seconds, really. Um, you know, it's 13th of the season, and then this is where you start to forget like the dry cycle McDavid points. Yeah. You know, like you count these up. We're talking. We already have McDavid having a having a goal. McDavid gets an assist on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and then, uh, you know, literally, you know, two minutes later, or a minute later, sorry, um, minute one second later, we got a goal from uh, Pujarvi from Barry and McDavid. So, you know, that's when you start to to worry a little bit about how we can keep leads late in the game because this is something that's not new to us. Like, we, we collapse in the last five minutes or we ignite in the last five minutes. It's it's one of the two. Like, we're either down, we're either in Edmonton's shoes and we do too little too late with five minutes left or for some reason we have a comfortable lead and, you know, every so often we kind of just, you know, let our guard down. Yeah. Uh, and against a team like that, like, so many weapons, you got to really lock it down defensively. And, and I'm looking forward to, like, our new decor maybe well, contributing it. there. And, and you know, I, I didn't really feel comfortable either because, you know, the Habs got four penalties in the game. Yeah. And I'm just double-checking this now. Um, yeah, we took basically two penalties of our four in the third period. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst one easily was Druin taking a four-minute oh, yeah. high-sticking yeah. call with five minutes left in the game. That also killed 
our power play because he took a like this is what I'm saying. He took a high sticking penalty five seconds into our power play. So, you know what? That was a positive. I like to see that we're actually learning. He was on the fourth line. Um, I guarantee you, there's gonna they're gonna stick with that because you know what? The less he plays, the better we the win. team does. <laughs> And I, again, I know we're not really, you know, fair to a lot of guys. You know, when Victor Mete was part of the team, we really attacked him. We tried to give him credit where we could. But Jonathan Druin is another one of those guys, except Jonathan Druin stands out more than Victor Mete because his cap hit is higher, he plays more minutes, and his expectation is much higher because we basically gave away, in my opinion, a top, you know, 15 defenseman in the yeah. league. Yeah, already who's tough. and he's only 22 and a, and a defenseman that i may add who is like uh you know possibly one of the most consistent defensemen in the league right yeah now. like he's an extremely consistent defender at least defensively and um you know it's it, it was it's tough to see him play that well over there but again when you have more penalty minutes than you do shots the the only uh, thing sorry just to jump in here the only thing that i really do feel good about seeing sergeyev thrive is he's actually someone we drafted yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's one of the books where they got yeah. it right, and I'm I'm just looking. What do you at think, it now. Uh, Deming and defenseman? What do you think of Merrill's first game? You know what? Very unnoticeable, yeah, and I'm and I'm happy. That's yeah. exactly what I want from a third pair guy. Um, you know, Sergeyev has three more points than Druin, so yeah. I I do want to address this just briefly. And I know in the long format podcast that we're gonna record yeah, in a couple all days. Second touch assists. Either. Exactly, but um. You know, Jonathan Druin made a comment to the media when they talked about his goal-scoring ability. And he basically said, you know, there's a column after goals as well. Basically God, saying, like, God. you know what? He's got the most assists on the team, essentially. Yeah. Or one of the top. I, I think Petrie might have more assists than he does. But my ma- or he might be. Either way. The point is, I don't like that comment. Not because, oh, it's arrogant. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. It's like, I don't like the fact that he's happy with his performance. Yeah, I know. That, that is, yeah, his comment implies me. that he's accepted that, that kind of uh, output that he's he's doing, and he's he's okay with his with his performance. You know, usually when you, when, a, when a player's asked about stuff like that, if they're, you know, being classy about it, they, you know, even Patrick Laine did it. You know what I mean? He, he, you, you kind of throw in some sarcasm about how badly you're playing. And how hard you're you're trying to, to make up for it. You don't start bragging about your history, right? That's well, that, and that's just it. I I don't know. For me, you know, if for example, I'll just I um I'll use I, I'm gonna pick a random player. Let's say Austin Matthews goals goes on a ten of five game ten game goalless streak, and they say uh you know Austin like what's going on with this? And he turns around and says like well you know there's more to the game than goals. He has the right to say that because mm-hmm. he score he was scoring at almost a goal per game, you know, pace. Yeah. And basically saying, like, I've done it before, you know I'll do it again. Like, I'm in a bad ten game streak. I'm doing what I can to help the team. And if during those ten games he happened to put up an assist a game, that's where he goes, you know, there's more to the game than goals. But Jonathan Druin one is not a superstar. Yeah. He's a middle of the pack player, so far st- uh, statistically. And he's also not done anything on the team or individual level. He hasn't won any awards. He hasn't, you know, taken the, he hasn't taken control of the Habs at any point and like carried them through. Like yeah. look at like uh, any other team has a yeah. player that carries them in the playoffs. I think the I think what he needs to realize is one, the amount of money we pay him. Okay, which thank God isn't more than it is. Yeah. Okay. 
but for the amount of money we pay him, we and and the, the minutes we give him, you know, like you know, eighteen minutes a game, seventeen yeah. minutes a game, second line, first line minutes. Um, so for Sergikev, for giving him that much ice time, a third of the game, um, we can't afford to have a forward playing in the top six with that many minutes not score in twenty five games. Yeah, like it's just not. We can't afford that. And and, if and for he a team is... that can't score. Okay, like for a team that's having trouble scoring, he shouldn't brag about his assists. Well, that that's it. And you know what? If let's say for some reason he just couldn't score a goal, and I'm not excusing him for this, but let's say he had 65 assists right now, I would be a lot less upset. Yeah. But the like, if he was over a point per game, and it was just like, no, I just drive the offense. It's not my thing. I don't finish. I've been giving the puck to Anderson, Suzuki, more. Blah 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 blah. He'd have a much better case. But the idea is like he gets an assist every other game, and he doesn't score. Yeah. So and that's on top the of that, on top of that, there's no other upside to him. Well, exactly. There's no defensive upside. He doesn't play the penalty kill. Yeah. He barely plays the power well, he play. Butchers okay? the power he butchers He's play. on the power play, but he basically... He butchers it. Yeah, he just butchers it. He loses the puck in the neutral zone every single time, or he does these ridiculous drop passes that, you know, I can't even imagine if coaching is actually telling him to do that because the success rate on that must be like 1 in 10. Yeah. Um, and then he is an obvious no-shooting target. And then uh, and he's been shooting more, which is the thing which I think he's been told like you need to shoot because they're letting you shoot. Yeah. But the problem is he doesn't shoot the puck with intent to score. I don't know if this is just like you know you and I noticing this, but I I, I feel like people listening and notice this too when he loads up a shot, especially on the power play. It seems as though the first instinct is oh it'll make a rebound. You should be shooting to score. And let the rebounds be the ones that don't go in. I like Ovechkin doesn't shoot at eighty-five percent power, so that it goes, so he can aim it better. I find he he t- he always takes that extra second to like overfit his accuracy to the point where I find with Druin, he tries to pick the corners, five holes, and especially like the the top corners, so hard that he ends up just not hitting the goalie. Whereas I'd prefer the opposite, like Lekkinen at least. You know when he's not being when he's not confident, which is a good amount of the time because of the roles he's put in. At least the guy will try to get it on net. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, but like, but I, that's what I mean about taking that extra second. I think genuinely his first like instinct needs to shoot hard is. But I think what Drew's doing specifically is why he's not shooting as hard is I don't think he's shooting to score. Like I yeah. really don't. I think he's actually shooting so that it will hit the goalie in the pads. And bounce to someone else yeah. who's going to clean it but up. My and point like, is, is, it, is it's, that it's like ridiculous. the heart, the best way to get that rebound is to shoot hard. Yes, and he just exactly. And what he does is he overfits his accuracy yeah. to the point where he 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 tries to make up for accuracy with a loss of power. Yeah, and then he just ends up missing the net. It rings around the boards. Our defense can't keep it on the blue line, and then back down we go. Yeah, That's or the happens. goalie is just it's coming in so slow he can just like smother it right yeah. away it i also know the if the guy has good hands for cones okay and he can you know f- you know fancy stick his way around all these pylons that he wants but it doesn't lead to any offensive production i don't care no. get him off the power play like you I, know you know who you don't see stick handling through a lot of people Sidney crosby yeah. he he like we've said it a million times Sidney crosby has like mastered the fundamentals of hockey to a degree that like maybe a fraction of percent of players to ever play 
have done it. But and that's what makes him so good. Yes, every now and then you'll see a fancy like ha- like stick handling, but it's it's not his go-to. That's his like last resort. Yeah. He would much rather stick his ass into someone's face and just back them yeah, up. But all even the way. going to a player that's that's more like Druin, okay, just to make it a more even comparison. The thing is though is that with Druin in comparison to these guys, he does like needless moves just to look like he's that type of player. So like it bugs me because he'll you know, do all this fancy stick work just to kind of fit that mold of like, oh, I'm that player, mm-hmm. I'm that playmaker, I'm that playmaker that just has that IQ, I'm just going to make this tremendous play. But he does that in situations where there actually isn't a play, and it, it drives me nuts. Like, do you notice that? Yes, and the other thing that I've noticed is it's rubbed off on one of our players. Do yeah. you know who? Suzuki, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Suzuki has tried to toe drag around 100 people yeah. this year. And it's because he started playing with Druin. Again, this, like, I don't even mean this in, like, a bad way, but, like, this is just so not the market for Jonathan Druin. No. Like, this is too much. just isn't. Well, this is the thing. Our team's not built for him. Our market's not built for him. And he is not someone who's going to thrive with the spotlight on him. Yeah. It's just not how it goes. Like, you know, it's a complete well, opposite. Yeah, if you speak to the media like that off after, after yeah. criticism, like, you're, you probably shouldn't be in this Yeah, market. and, you know, again, like, I'm not trying to, you know, make excuses for him. But we did basically set him up for one of two options. He's going to be the most loved or the most hated man in the city. That would be like the same thing if, if we had uh, Lafreniere. It's, you had a French-Canadian high-skilled player who, if you do not literally put up McDavid numbers, you're going to be run out of the city. And it's what's happening. Yeah. The only thing I don't is think he, he doesn't... even remotely... But he it. doesn't even need... No, no, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like He was supposed to be the guy when we brought him in. Yeah. And the issue that I'm, I'm taking is, like, he doesn't seem to care. If he was getting frustrated and saying, like, I'm doing what I can, but, like, it's just not going... Like, if it showed that he cared about yeah. the city, the sport, everything, I would, I'd be a lot less on him. Because, you know what? Like, like one of our favorite players here, Lekkanen, horrible offensive production for his first few years. Yeah. But the thing is, he puts in so much into every game that it's respectable to the point of, I would say... Like, I don't care if he scores or not. I just want him on my team. Yeah, because there's, again, like, he's not a one-trick pony. Exactly. And the thing is, is that's why Lekkanen will stick around, hopefully, because, like, he's he's got that, you know, Paul Byron kind of, you know, duality to him. So, like, if, he, if one part of his game isn't going well, it's not a big deal. But with Jonathan Druin, it's like, it's assists or nothing. Yeah. So, like, if he's not getting assists, because, like, he's... he's, he's Listen, our team's point total isn't great. No. Okay, so the fact that he's in, like, the top three or whatever isn't top four, isn't, like, a, you know, kind of a an out for his performance. Because, like, our point total in general is just bad. I mean, like, yeah. we don't have anyone close to a point per game. We don't have anyone close to, like, 0.8 points per game. Yeah. Okay, so, like, the, the, the fact that he points to that second column is, is just not a good excuse. And, in fact, it, it probably signaled to Mark Bergevin that this guy just doesn't have that growth mindset. No, and do you know where I think he'll... you got to constantly criticize yourself. Well, uh, absolutely. And, like, I, I don't think, you know, he's a bad hockey player in any sense. The guy up until the NHL... Was bad was, fit. He was... Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Uh, you know, he had a great season in Tampa. He went, Especially when uh, Stamkos and Kucherov were out, he, he really stepped up. And that's why we brought him in and everything. But, you know, the big thing here is, like, this is one of those contracts where I don't know if I'd be upset 
not protecting him against Seattle. Mm -hmm. You know, they see a guy in his mid-20s with a decent cap hit that might give them that offensive boost. And, you know, that'll put him to the other side of the continent so we don't have to worry about it. And it lets us protect someone else. So, you know, all that being considered, this might be the last time, uh, this might be the last year, I'm saying, we see Drew in. I personally think if it's not Seattle, he'll get traded in the offseason. It would solve a lot of our cap issues, too. It would solve a lot of cap issues. And also, it would just be really, really fair like it would be you know what it, it would be fair to him too like i'm trying to be as honest about this and kind of like i want him to do well yeah no, me too because like i'm sure this stuff is like as as an athlete eats away at yeah him. but here let me let me try to explain what i'm thinking right now the thing with druin is that he's not a per he, he he's a he's a decently skilled player like he's a he's a higher higher skilled player mm-hmm. okay but it's hard to quantify because his stats don't really show that. But, like, it, in terms of, like, his mindset, like, Jonathan Druin, like, leans towards the skill, obviously. You know, like yes. he, he, in that, in that you know, in that, like, a, uh, in that archetype that we went through, mm-hmm. he's not a will player. No, exactly. <laughs> so he's a skill player, so he values skill, okay? But he's playing on a team that values will. Well, that, that's exactly okay? it. Okay, so, and he... Jonathan Druin, this might sound stupid because you would assume that this is for almost every player, and it probably is, and that's part of the criticism behind him. He needs to be with Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. Like, that's honestly what it has to be. And, like, he's not going to thrive with anyone else that has even a, a, a modicum of, like, will Again, to their game. Like, they maybe, need to be pure skill. And maybe moving him to Columbus is a good idea where it's him Line and Domi a. and Line a. Yeah. That's a young line going forward you can also like convince them be like you know they have Delmi and uh drew enough chemistry like, on, on his side of that too he needs to be in a position where he's not criticized for not scoring exactly. like he needs to be on a line with someone who's like that no why are you talking to me about it that's the guy that scores well, that, that's it and, and we like, don't have that and we really don't have that no I mean, like and not to not to the caliber at least that he needs right no that's exactly it and i don't want to waste caulfield on him no no, the, other, yeah, no. the other thing is, like, the, the best way I see Jonathan Druin is he's that kid throughout high school who didn't have to try, mm. and then he got to university, and it was too hard for him, so yeah. he just kept doing what he did in high school. Yeah, that's exactly he, yeah. it. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I, I agree with that, and I think that he gets frustrated by guys like Lekkonen, for exactly. example, that, you know, in high school wouldn't have been able to take the puck away from him. But now, just through sheer will and wanting to play the game, Lekkonen will take the puck off of him 10 times out of 10. Well, that's exactly it. And he gets frustrated with that, and, you know, you rightfully know, like, so. I mean, like... I, I I know it sounds crazy, but, like, it's... I he, I think he was drafted third overall. Lekkonen, I'm telling you, is the guy on the Habs that I'd want to play the least five one-on-one against. Yeah. Like... He, maybe Deno. Maybe Deno, yeah. Probably Deno, just from the, the face-offs and stuff. But, um, you know... Very well-rounded player. Because here's the thing. Going into his draft year, this is what I'm saying about Druin being someone who, like, you know, it's it's just crazy to think. But in 2012, playing for Halifax, in 49 games, he had 41 goals and 64 assists for 105 points. The next year, in 46 games, he had 29 goals and 79 assists for 108 points. This is a guy who looked like yeah. he was, like, a high, well, that- high-producing mm-hmm. offensive player. But then his that highest goes goal back to total. the fact that these junior that these junior leagues, you know, it, it's not that they're not representative of what you can do in the NHL, but the the interseason variability in the player pool that you play against dictates so much how well you do. Like, well, that's it. There's some years in the in the in the uh, in the Q or in the OHL 
where you have a Connor McDavid there. Yeah. Or there's some years where you have, like, it's a barren team. And there's yeah. just no one there. And there's just, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a player in the O that is a superstar now that just didn't put up a lot of points. Uh, there's there's more than we... I, uh, you're not going to find a superstar, but you're going to find, like, a middle-of-the-pack player that, like, like, uh, like a Gallagher. Yeah. Okay, like, I don't know where Gallagher played, but... I think he was in the WHL. I think he was in the WHL. I don't, He's I, from I def- Alberta. He definitely wasn't in the O, but... Either way, like he clearly didn't put up a ton of points because of his, his draft position. Yeah, Brennan Gallagher. Um, I can't even find it. What the hell? But Gallagher's like a middle of the pack player. He's obviously a huge success. 30. Okay, there, yeah. He was in the WHL. And in the WHL, yeah, see, like he still obviously had like great years and everything. But he had uh, 77. Oh, you know, he's actually a pretty solid player. 77 points in 54 games with 41 goals in his draft year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the year before that, 91 points in 66 okay. games. So he's not a good goals. example of that, but there definitely is examples. That was a, that was a size thing. Yeah, basically. but also you might have to you might have to contrast that with other guys, his yes. skill level who were in the W in the WHL because if he got 41 goals and a guy who's similar to Gallagher, which is hard to find, he's a very unique player. But I would I would venture a guess that they probably got like 65, 70 goals, and right. Gallagher looked worse. Uh, but he's just a guy that just thrived in the NHL. But, you know, my point is is that the the variability in the player pool season to season in these junior leagues is just, it's so hard to translate their, their stats because, like, Well, here, know, perfect example. Same year, um, Colin Smith and Brendan Ranford each had more points than Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, that's we don't point. know who these people yeah. are. So it, it really is a, a difficult thing to translate. So, um, you know... It's hard. It's hard to you know look at some of these guys that were playing in the uh, in the um, World Juniors last year. Yeah, I remember like like Raphael Lavoie or something like that had like 130 points in like 40 games. Yeah, well, and then I he, might be pulling that number out of my ass. Yeah, but, but it was I extremely high. high. It was number. over two points per game. Yeah, and then he couldn't put up points in the World Juniors. Yeah, exactly. So. But it's just like again, it's like you said, it's the quality of players, it's the stage they're on, and it also really is who you're playing with like yeah. th- there's some most line mates in the ohl aren't making the nhl so oh, yeah it's like you know also it's it's worth noting for druin that i believe for at least one of his years in halifax he was on a line with nathan mckinnon, McKinnon yeah i, I think the, so that's the thing it's like you could be, uh, definitely nikolai ehlers you could be playing with mckinnon or you can be playing with a guy who goes undrafted yeah so like it, it there's so much variability and those could both be first line players so well that that's it and and then the other thing too with it that is also worth mentioning is that like um, these teams are kind of like college teams in that you don't really you're you're there the longest you're gonna be there is four years, right? It's it's exactly yeah. like college basically where typically you're there for three years. Some guys two, some one even. The idea is like you could you kind of don't have time to gel with these dudes, especially mm-hmm. if like. Let's say you're a rookie and there's a guy, you're playing with a Nathan McKinnon who's getting drafted that year and they play you guys, you know, it's 60 games and then, oh, next year you're playing with a nobody. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just kind of like, it's difficult to make those, like, that's why I don't really like when they say like, oh, these two played in junior together. It only works if they like came in together, dominated for three years and parted ways. Exactly. But yeah, getting back to the game, we, yeah, we kind of stray away from the game, but Um, you know, I, I obviously I'm extremely happy with the win. I just, you know, I think I mentioned this a few podcasts ago. I'm, 
I'm, we need the points, obviously. Yeah. That's my, you know, my main reason why I'm happy. But I, I do worry about our consistency and like, you know, it's not even game to game anymore. It's like within the game. And, you know, this happens to be one of those games where, you know, it went our way at the very end, barely. But um, we didn't do much to help it go. Exactly. Away. And like a win's a win. Like I'm happy about it. I don't want to be like a, you know, downer here. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to, I think those moves defensively are actually going to mean more than I think we gave Bergman credit for. I I try not to criticize him just because he's done more. I mean, good Gustafson's than bad. not really gonna help there. No, not, I I just think like I I'm, que- I question. He's very good at planning long term. He's mm. not the best in short term. Well, yeah, we needed goals. That's that's the main that was thing. The issue. But I'm saying like for that specific issue, I guess he kind of yeah. did hit. I and and that's exactly it. I mean, we said it during the uh, the the trade deadline too. Not upset with these trades, just like I was hoping but for something. At the same else. time, like how big of an improvement is he over Kulak? Exactly. Like, I, I actually don't think it is. Be honest with you. Eric Gustafson's not John Merrill. It's it's kind of like if you had to make like a defense to offense spectrum. Yeah. Merrill's all the way at one end. Yeah. Gustafson's, Gustafson's all the way at the other end. Kulak's in the middle. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I think like you know in terms of left D, we're you know with Merrill there, we're really looking like our left and right are literally left and right on the spectrum. Yeah. So, you know, we'll all see the defense what, on one side, all the offense yeah, on the other. Yeah. So we'll see how that pans out, but. Um, at least we have options. We almost have too many options. I think we're going to kind of be in that um, situation we are offensively where, you know, like we have too many guys to play because, yeah. like, all of a sudden now, like, you know, we have Gooley coming up, we have Flurry coming up, we have, like, where yeah, do you guys but, play? Like, just, just let them... Let them grow. Like, just let them grow yeah. at that point. I take so. their. I don't care if they have to take their whole uh entry level deal in the ahl like I, i'm really okay with yeah, it I, especially especially like, Gooley's like 18 yeah. and their defensemen yeah. just like if Gooley comes up in three years at 21 like i'm yeah, I'm i okay just with i it. i don't yeah I, I i agree with you to an extent i just i don't see the point in doing that with romanov but not like flurry like and flurry's a much more physical player but yeah i want them to kind of gel because no i, I agree you want to develop that's why i'd be i'd be more flurry, down to send romanov down flurry will be in our cup run Okay, and so will Romanov. Yeah, I'd, okay. I'd rather send Romanov down, though, than bring Flurry up right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, Flurry would be a huge... Just from the uh, state of the team. Yeah, and Flurry would be a, a bit of a liability. Like, he... Yeah. In terms of, like, he, he's okay defensively, but, like, we can't afford one point in 45 games again. Like, no. That was just brutal, so... Uh, we need goals, and we need goals now. Yeah. Um, so we need to kind of cut away the fat that's not doing that, and I think that involves pushing Druin and keeping him on the fourth line. And uh, maybe a trade in the off season. Maybe he goes to Seattle. It would also do us a favor, favor of him going to Seattle, not just from a cap point of view, but just from not losing other guys. Yeah, because we have like, a lot to protect, like Armia or Jake or Allen Jake is the Allen. big one that worries me. Yeah, because he had a bit of a rough game, but you know what? He's had a rough time being the actual starter. But that's the thing. Like we didn't I think we sign might him. see Primo this week. Yeah, I would expect to at least see him once. Well, at yeah, this we played point. Calgary three times in a row. So he's got to yeah. play that middle game. Yeah, I, anyway, well, hopefully. Yeah, we'll get that into our week-long podcast. But, um, you know, we got a big game against Calgary coming up. Yeah, so we'll... Uh, another we'll, late one, though. This yeah, is... They, these late games are killing me during finals. Yeah, I know. Because really like, you have to get up in the morning. Yeah. And, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. But um, just hang in there with us, guys. It's going to be another week or so. And then we'll be back to our normal, yeah. you know, very scheduled podcasts. But, um, yeah, we'll see you guys Saturday night.
Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.